Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's episode is an adaptation of David and Goliath, the classic story from the Judeo-Christian tradition, written for you by Daniel Hines. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Lucas and Emma and their family, Alston and his family, Mara and her family, Hannah and Shannon and their family, Ayana and Naria and their family from the Blue Mountains of Australia, Elizabeth and Larkin and their family, Anya Emerson and her family, and Daphne and Marin and their family. Thank you so much, Marin, Daphne, Anya, Larkin, Elizabeth, Naria, Ayana, Shannon, Hannah, Mara, Alston, Emma, and Lucas. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. I didn't know this, but I have been brushing my teeth wrong. I wasn't doing it for long enough, and I never changed my brushes on time. Not anymore, though, thanks to today's sponsor, Quip. Quip's mission is to simplify your oral health, and they've definitely helped me do that. Their sleek electric toothbrush is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations. It has a built-in timer that helps you to clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes, it reminds you to switch sides, and it's very beautiful! I got the copper one, which is a kind of pinky, rose gold color, and it is definitely the prettiest toothbrush I have ever had. Quip subscription plans are convenient, but they also benefit your health. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip even comes with a mount that sticks to your mirror and keeps your bathroom sink clutter-free. No wonder everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com stories right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com stories. Getquip.com stories. Stories Podcast is brought to you by Chase. Millennials are skipping the starter home and buying more three to four bedroom houses than prior generations. This means a larger down payment. Until you save money back up again, you're temporarily house rich. Chase can help you build up your funds again by saving you money over time. While other lenders incentivize the upfront transaction, Chase is there for you in the long run. They actively manage your mortgage over time and help you lower your payments or pay it all off faster. As a Chase customer, they'll save you money over time by showing you how you can lower your monthly payment. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com stories. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. and Equal Housing Lender. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! David and Goliath Nearly 3,000 years ago, in the ancient Middle East, the god known as Yahweh was ready to select his chosen king of Israel. He sent forth his prophet, Samuel, to find and ready the future leader. He told Samuel to look among the shepherds, the gentle people who minded the flocks of sheep in the countryside. There, he would find a man named Jesse with eight sons, and one of those sons was to be the future king. After many weeks of walking along dirt roads and old goat paths, 
Samuel at last came to the home of Jesse. It was a small but cozy home, with sprawling pastures all around. The air smelled clean and earthy, and the grass was cropped short by the many grazing sheep. Hello in there, he called into the home. It is Samuel, prophet of the Lord. Jesse, one of your sons is to be the next king of Israel. Bring him out to me. Hearing this, Jesse was honored. His son, a king. Of course, the first son he thought of was his oldest, Eliab. He fetched the young man from his work in the fields and brought him to Samuel. Samuel was immediately impressed. Eliab was tall and broad with shoulders like an ox. His heavy hands were ringed with callus from his practice with the sword and spear, and his beard was brown and thick as a bramble patch. When he spoke, his voice was booming and proud. Samuel, I am honored to be chosen by the Lord. Samuel thought this must be the future king, but the Lord spoke to him in his heart. He told Samuel not to judge by strength or size. Those were not important to the Lord. What he cared about was the heart, and Eliab was too proud and often jealous. I'm sorry, Eliab. You are not chosen. Eliab's face fell, but he knew there was no arguing with the will of the Lord. He returned to his work, and Jesse brought out his next son, and the next, and the next. All were tall and strong, men of faith and law, but none were chosen by the Lord. I'm sorry, Jesse, Samuel said after the seventh boy had been turned down. Do you have another son? Well, yes, my youngest, David, Jesse said. But he's only a wisp of a boy. He's not even ten years old yet. I believe he is out in the far pasture minding the sheep. Let me run and get him for you. He went into the fields and returned a short while later with a young boy. He was lean and well-tanned from working in the fields. His face was bright and pleasant, forever smiling. Hello, Samuel, David said. My father said you wanted to meet me? When he saw the boy, Samuel heard the Lord's voice booming in his heart. This is the one. The new king, Samuel said aloud, and Jesse and all his sons gathered round as Samuel anointed young David, which signified that he was chosen by the God to be the next king of Israel. Samuel brought David to meet the current king, a man named Saul. He had once been a great man, but as he aged, he had started to ignore the commands of his Lord God, and he was constantly bothered by evil spirits. Luckily, God knew that this would happen, because he knew everything, and so he had given David many gifts. One of them was the gift of music. With his lyre and voice, David was able to make music for Saul and drive the evil spirits away for a time. Saul was grateful and quickly welcomed David into his home as royal armor-bearer, which meant that David was constantly around to learn from the king and sing for him when the evil in Saul grew too much to bear. He played many things for the king, and many of them were later recorded into the book of Psalms in the Bible. A short while later, they went to war with a neighboring tribe, who were called the Philistines. The Philistines were a giant and brutal people. They quickly won many battles against Saul and his people, and things grew desperate. 
They were led by a man named Goliath, who was a giant even among the Philistines. As he sat with Saul, David heard the reports. The Philistines had them trapped. They had drawn their army into a great battle line, bristling with swords and spears and long deadly arrows. Twice every day, once at sunrise and again at sunset, Goliath would march back and forth in front of his army. His footsteps were thunder. His voice shook the earth. Cowards! Are you not my enemies? Do you not stand for Israel? Yet you stand afraid! Send forth a challenger to face me. If any one of you can defeat me, then we will surrender to you. But if I win, then you will surrender to us and forever be our servants. No one, not even David's mighty brother Eliab, dared face Goliath and doom Israel if they lost. So it continued for 40 days and 40 nights until David was called by his father. Son, he said. Your mother has made your brothers their favorite bread. Would you take it to them on the battlefield? Of course, father, David said. Be careful, though. Eliab has them positioned at the front of the army, and that brute Goliath is still challenging them daily. David took the bread and left Saul's palace. He walked through the army camp, seeing the fear and hopelessness on the faces of the soldiers. Many of them had been shepherds like David and his brothers once, but after many battles with the Philistines, they were tired and scarred. Near the front of the army, he found Eliab and his brothers. They were looking across the stretch of bare earth to where the Philistine army stood. David, Eliab said, and all his brothers came and hugged him. They talked for a moment of David's life playing music for King Saul and his learning in the palace, but they were cut short by a mighty roar. Cowards! called Goliath from the empty field between the armies. Come and face me or we will destroy all of Israel. Do none of you have the courage? Do none of you have faith in the strength of your arms? David looked upon Goliath with awe. He was even bigger than David had imagined him. Goliath was near ten feet tall and as wide as three strong men. He covered himself in gleaming bronze armor and carried a sword as long as David was tall. Will none accept my challenge? He roared. In his heart, David felt the stirring of the Lord. He felt the strength that God had given him, and in an instant, he knew what he must do. He stepped in front of the army, a small boy barely up to Goliath's waist. Goliath, I will accept your challenge. Goliath saw the boy and laughed. The army of Israel moaned. How could this twig of a boy beat the giant? It couldn't be done. They were doomed. Very well, then. Tomorrow at noon, we will decide the fate of our peoples, Goliath said, then went back to his army, laughing. Eliab took David by the arm and dragged him back. What have you done? You fool, you've doomed us all. Wait until the king hears of this. Sure enough, word quickly reached King Saul. He begged David not to take the challenge, 
but David knew in his heart that he was the only one who could face Goliath. Seeing he couldn't be talked out of it, the king offered David his royal armor, the strongest ever made. David refused it. Instead, he took his shepherd's sling. It was nothing but a bit of rope with a woven cup in the middle. It was a simple weapon used by all shepherds to throw stones at the lions and bears that would threaten their sheep. You'd place a stone in the cup and whirl it around your head to get it moving fast, and then you'd release one end of the rope and the stone would fly fast as an arrow. It was good at scaring away wild animals, but it was little against the giant like Goliath, gleaming in his thick plates of armor. Jesse and Eliab and the king begged David to at least take a sword or shield, but David refused those like he had the armor. Alone, he went to a nearby river and selected five stones, smooth and round. There, on the bank of the river, he prepared for the next day's battle by singing a prayer to his Lord. The next day, Goliath waited for David in the field. He had on his heavy armor and swung his giant sword back and forth. It cut through the air like a distant roll of thunder. When David stepped from the army of Israel, wearing nothing but a simple linen tunic, he laughed and laughed. King Saul, <laughs> he said, still laughing. Surely this is a joke. You send this tiny boy to fight for all of Israel? But it was David who answered, his voice carried by the Holy Spirit across both armies. Goliath, you came with a mighty sword, but I come with the Lord in my heart, the Lord God who protects all Israel. It's not me you're fighting, but the Lord himself. Goliath laughed again, flexing his mighty arms as both the Israelites and the Philistines looked on, breathless. The sun beat down on the giant and the boy as they walked towards each other across the empty field between the armies. The air smelled of sweat and metal and war. Goliath strode forward, each footstep shaking the earth. He smiled under his heavy helmet. David stopped and pulled a stone from the simple pouch at his waist. He placed it in the woven cup of his sling and watched as Goliath drew closer. Goliath roared again, running faster. The army of Israel felt fear close its cold fist on their hearts as the massive mountain of a man, clad in giant's armor, rolled forward like a crushing boulder towards the small boy who was their last hope. David began to swing the sling above his head, building speed. The possibility of death didn't scare him. He trusted his God completely and knew that his faith was better than any shield stronger than any armor. It had kept him safe from the jaws of lions and the claws of bears. As he was the shepherd to his flock, the Lord was his shepherd, and he had no fear. Goliath closed on the boy, lifting his mighty sword to cut young David clean in half. Before the giant could strike, David released the sling, sending the smooth river stones sailing through the air. Like a pouncing lion, like a striking hawk, like a crack of summer lightning, the stone struck Goliath in the head, just between the eyes. For a moment, all was still. Both armies held their breath. All the world seemed to hold its breath. Then, 
Goliath, the once unbeatable giant, fell, and the earth shook with thunder. David strode forward, taking the heavy sword from the fallen giant's hand. Even though it was as big as his entire body, the boy lifted the blade high in the air, showing the Philistines that their champion had been defeated. With moans of despair, the Philistines tried to flee, but they were chased all the way back to the very gates of their home, where they were defeated for good. Back home, David was raised up by his brothers and friends and celebrated as the hero of Israel. The young boy was raised by King Saul to be a high rank in the armies, and eventually, David was crowned as the king of all Israel, where he ruled for many years, having many adventures. His last words were recorded by Samuel, and they were wisdom that people all over the world chose to follow. Whoever rules must be just, and whoever rules in righteousness will be like the light of the morning sunrise, the brightness after the rain that helps the grass to grow. The End Today's story, David and Goliath, was an adaptation of the traditional Judeo-Christian story written for you by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and receive a thank you in a future episode, please visit patreon.com stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and let us know who to thank. Thanks for listening!